69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> so I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Cat's still going crazy in there. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. As always, I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I am Nathan Grella. And today we have a, another very special guest star on our show. The one, the only, the legend, the quarterback of the Frasier Commodores, Braden Boggs. It's exciting to get a player on here that we were able to watch quite a bit last year. Um, it's going to be a great time to pick your brain and learn a little bit about what it's like to be a quarterback in Southwestern PA. So Nathan, do you want to um, go into a little bit about what's going on with the podcast right now? Yeah. So um, because of this coronavirus uh, pandemic, as it seems, uh, we are going to go to three podcast episodes a week to help you guys, you know, survive the apocalypse per se. Um, so we're, we'll be doing three guests a week and we had a really exciting week last week. Uh, we had, um, Brownsville, former offensive lineman, uh, Quentin Mapstone on, and we talked about the Brownsville Falcons for a little bit. Then we went into, um, then we went into Peyton Trollinger's interview about the Charleroi season, and then we finished it up with uh, talking to Jeremiah Miller for an hour, which was a great interview. Uh, definitely had fun with that one. Um, next week, actually this week, we'll feature Isaiah Edwards, who just graduated. He'll be going to Wheeling University uh, for to play middle linebacker, which will be exciting. And then we'll be talking to, to Observer reporter, reporter Tyler Godwin. Um, and we'll be doing those both on Thursday, but we'll be releasing the episode on Saturday, the second of those two. Next week's guest uh, special announcement will be talking to Chase Johnston, who is the assistant athletic director for the Washington Prexies, and as as well as being the offensive line and defensive line coach. So it'll be interesting to pick his brain. And two other guys who were definitely also excited to pick brains is um, Drew Dindle, who's the head coach uh, at Albert Gallatin. And that'll be exciting to talk to him, as well as Rodney Gallagher, who um, you may remember from his time this year uh, in the Whippeal Basketball Championships. He was the most valuable player in the Whippeal Basketball Championships at the Pete, uh, aided in Laurel Highlands um, 4A Whippeal Championship. But he's also the court the starting quarterback with the Mustangs. So we'll be talking a little bit about both sports on the podcast. So definitely exciting. Yeah, we've got quite the lineup, but uh, right now we're just excited to have Brain Boggs on. So uh, we're going to jump right into the interview here. Um, so uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Brain, you come from a, a great football family. You know, your brother played for Frazier and your father's the head coach. Um, so how is that like growing up in that environment? Well, we didn't actually start off as a football family. At first, it was baseball and wrestling, uh, which my dad actually started the program up here at Frazier. We never had a wrestling team at any level, really. Uh, football was actually the latest sport I got to play, uh, although it's the only sport I play now. But we were mainly just a sports family until my eighth grade year. Uh, I was a quarterback for the middle school team. My brother was a sophomore, mainly JV, but getting some Friday night field time still. 
my dad would go right after school to uh, his practices. Uh, he was a teacher at Bell Vernon, so he went right from there to a – he coached the middle school team in Bell Vernon at that time. So it was a pretty packed schedule for us. But I would say that it was my seventh grade year where we really turned into that football family. I went – I was young enough where I could still play youth football – and that was the year that really things took the change for me and everyone really. I uh, wasn't a big kid at that time. Uh, I was seventh grade, so obviously I could have played football, but it was my choice to stay down in youth. Uh, I was 5'2", 110. So I ended up playing that year at Bell Vernon, actually. Uh, that's where I was able to get the experience of and undefeated regular season with my dad. Uh, he was a defense coordinator there. Uh, you know, he was there at all the practices. He introduced me to film that year, actually. So I was able to see, you know, how to scout teams at that point. So it was really awesome, though. Uh, we got to experience a year of winning the championship, too. So being able to hold that trophy at the end of the year, that's the uh, to get this year, too, so. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, I don't think any of us would have guessed that, you know, your family wasn't a originally a football family considering how successful you guys have been. That's really cool to hear. Um, and I guess sort of um, in the, in the same regard, you know, I'm sure, you know, growing up, you're, you know, you're a quarterback, you're looking at all these players in college and NFL and, you know, trying to figure out your own game. So were there any particular players that you tried to model your game after? Or were there any uh, players ahead of you, perhaps your brother at Frazier, that inspired you? I'd say my brother definitely inspired me. But uh, I don't really try to model my game after anyone. Uh, really what I do is I just really adapt to the game plan. Uh, you know, throwing the ball down the field, handing off to my running backs or even running it myself sometimes uh, if I were to com compare myself to any other quarterback though and I'll say this beforehand I am by no, no means saying I'm as good as them but uh, you know Joe Burrow Trevor Lawrence like that kind of style where they're comfortable being in a pocket and kind of roll out uh, reading a defense and being able to, being able to you know deliver the ball really but they also have that kind of like sneaky running ability. It's not like a Lamar Jackson, you know, juking everyone out, spinning everywhere for a 90 yard yeah. touchdown, but it's enough to get that first down marker. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just, you know, being a good athlete and doing what you can for your team and just making the play what needs to be done, you know? That's very cool. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a very that's a reasonable comparison. You know, and it's um, so now I'm gonna jump a little bit into more of some general questions about Frazier. Um, that's as I said, that's a team that Nathan and I covered quite a bit last year. We're at a couple games. Um, you can go back and find our episodes on all that in our back feed. And something that both of us were really impressed with is you know that even though Frazier struggled or especially early on, uh, you guys really pulled out a pretty impressive comeback. So what contributed 
to those early season woes and what contributed to you guys being able to at the start of the season we really didn't have a ton of experience returning uh we only had four seniors so we were mainly a team of a lot of sophomores and juniors really who were still all learning a new offense and defense also having teams like you know Washai and Shalroy didn't exactly help our cause at the start of the year. But those were games that I'd say we still needed to get. That really gave us the full experience. So those are the teams that we're going to need to beat this year. So not only did it give us the yeah. game experience, but it really taught us how to hate losing. Uh, I believe that's why the second half of the season turned out the way it did. Yeah, that's very interesting, um, and that's something we've heard echoed across several other people that have been interviewed on this podcast. You know, just the motivation that you get from having those early experiences. And I know, our, I mean, I can clearly remember sitting in our room talking on one of the shows, and Nathan trying to convince me. He's like, "Man, you know, Frasers—they've got something. You know, they like there's—they can be really good. You know, they just haven't put it all together." And I think you guys really showed that against Brownsville. Um, Nathan and I were at that game. It was pretty amazing to see you guys come back like that and just roar against Brownsville. And one of the one of the reasons why you were able to, you know, start to turn around that season is, uh, you know, Shane McGavitt in the backfield who really came into prominence. How do you, considering the fact that he's a senior, he's you know heading off this year. You know, especially since you talked about the difficulties of replacing senior experience as something that hurt you guys last year you know how do you see his shoes being filled um and does that require you to be more of a force in the run game next year well Shane was definitely a force to be felt but uh during a seven on seven game he broke his leg so during the summer we actually had a lot of time to actually answer that question uh we were preparing a ton of running backs during the off season uh Obviously, uh, Kenny Fine, we had Braden Bessino, Justin Gilmore, Robert Acklin. I felt that they did uh, pretty good last year. Uh, you know, obviously, Kenny Fine was very stellar in how he played. But for the games that Shane wasn't battling his leg, he played amazing. I mean, I still feel that we do have a lot to fill with issues, but I'm very confident in who we have coming back. But as far as it comes to... Uh, me running the ball, I definitely feel I'll be more involved, but I don't believe it'll be all me since we had such a good running back core already. So I definitely expect them to be taking most of the workload. Yeah, that, that gives you a lot of flexibility uh, for, for the coaches and for you as a player. So it's exciting to hear that you guys are confident in your ability to run the ball next year because that's such a key to football, you know, especially in the, among the smaller schools is just – you know, being able to run the ball. And that's something you guys did very well last year. And I think one of the great things about the success that we saw um, was that it was your first year as a quarterback. Um, It was your dad's first year as the head coach. What was that like, you know, having two people in your family that are the faces of your football program? You know, what was that relationship like? What was it like to go through that difficult experience in the beginning and then come out a little more successful? I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience to have together, really. Uh, I mean, he was back with me. So, uh, like I said earlier, uh, he wasn't here for my freshman year. He was in Bell Vernon coaching, so he could only really watch from the stands. 
even though this was only my first year being pronounced a starter, I got that JV experience in the backup spot really by the end of my freshman year. Uh, it was behind Julian Muccioli. He was a senior at that time. So I was really confident going into that year. Uh, although the downfall with my dad being a coach is that if another player has a bad game, they get to go home and not hear about it. But uh, if I have a bad game, oh, man, I'd hear about it. 4 a.m. still watching film. I'd hear it. So I know it's all in love, though. He just has expectations. Yeah, and I guess, you know, in some ways that's a big benefit to you as a player, you know, because you're constantly being pushed to be the best that you can. I'd imagine that that could be difficult at times, but also very helpful. And um, I think, you know, speaking of your family, um, we mentioned earlier that your brother was a starting quarterback for Frazier as well. So how was that transition for your family? Like, how did, how did that play out? Was that something that you guys were, that was smooth or was it difficult for you guys? Obviously, as an athlete myself, uh, I can really only imagine how it is for Bobby, but I'll give him a lot of credit. I duly, I truly believe he he was and still is a great quarterback. It's just he has a long history of concussions that I just felt really took the fire out of him. So, I mean, I know it hurt for him, but he was still supportive even whenever he was done playing football. It's He'd sit down with me whenever I'd watch film, you know, some things maybe I didn't see. And after practices, he'd ask how practices went. He'd ask how games went. So, you know, he has my back and I still have his. Yeah, I'd imagine it's a very interesting dynamic that, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of people out there that are the starting quarterback for their high school team and even fewer that, you know, see competition among their family with, with a job like that. But I guess I'm just, I'm, I guess both of us are probably just glad that it seems like it was a pretty, as it went about as well as it could have, you know. And then I guess I got one more question here about the season in general before Nathan takes over for a little bit. I mean, we've talked a lot about how you really turned around your season. You know, you mentioned that you, know, you didn't have a lot of experience. You played a lot of really top-heavy teams like Washington and Charlotte early in the year. And then you guys came out and nearly won your last four games. So do you see that momentum carrying into the offseason and all the way through into next year? Winning the last three out of the four games was – definitely a good feeling to end a season on but I think those first six games still leave that chip in my shoulder really uh you know like I said those three games were nice but I find myself looking at the Carmichael's game where it was a back and forth really close game but a game where less than a handful of plays really could have changed that outcome so I can say that for the entire team that we're taking the second half of this season along with uh, knowing how the feeling of the first half was in the next season. Yeah, I guess that's a uniquely motivating aspect. You know, one of those things that could help you, you know, build momentum in the offseason was your final game. And we're just going to focus on that a little bit because I thought it was kind of the the perfect game that kind of encapsulated your guys' season, you know. You go into halftime and you're down, and then you come back in the second half. Um, but you know, going into that game, the Bulldogs are kind of you know that rival for Frazier a little bit, and uh, 
and they kept you guys out of the playoffs in 2018 with a 36-0 blowout at the end of the year. So going into that game, you know, you both are kind of, you know, down teams in the interstate a little bit. But going into that game, what was the kind of like the mentality? Was it kind of like, oh, we're kind of out for revenge a little bit because, you know, the Bulldogs are kind of a weaker team this year? Or was it, you know, let's just win this game going into it? Like I said about that chip in my shoulder, really, uh, this game was almost kind of personal. Uh, my freshman year, I got put in at the start of the third quarter. And this was one of them absolute, like, mud bowl games. It was freezing. It was pouring rain, muddy. It's You were lucky to feel your hands by the time you got off the bus, even. I went in, and I got two drives in. And it ended off on a third down play. It was a designed quarterback run. And I got to the second level where the linebackers were, and I got stuffed by a linebacker. And it felt like I got hit by a truck. I was able to get up and jog off the field to the sideline. And then when I went to go and talk to my coach, I just remembered blanking out. And next thing I knew, there was like a bunch of medics around me. And my coach was like shaking me. telling me to stay awake uh it was a scary moment I look back on it still uh you know it's sports it's gonna happen it's I just to me it was almost like a empty feeling I left that game in an ambulance I couldn't you know stay the rest of the game and then go on the bus and just get checked out the next day I was made to leave in an ambulance so I mean it was a tad bit of a personal game but I talked to a lot of the guys there, and they have my utmost respect. Uh, they're actually our school's rivals, too. So I think as a team, with that fact that they are a rival, and it was senior night, so this was the last chance a senior can ever uh, play on a Friday night experience. After a tough season, you can basically expect the feeling of revenge coming that day. So, you know, going into that game with all that history, and then you guys, you know, in the first half at least, you know, kind of struggling a little bit against them. I mean, both teams struggled. It was a low-scoring game. Um, But, you know, you went into halftime, and at at halftime, that was kind of the change both, you know, in your season, uh, you know, winning three out of your last four and in the game. You know, what did your dad kind of say uh, at halftime um, to spark that comeback? He basically just went around and told us what our jobs are again. Uh, he reminded us it was only 12 nothing, and that we've had some really good drives, but we just needed to start to finish them out. Our defense would hold them for, like, yard gain, yard gain, two-yard gain, and then uh, Devin Dingle, which incredible athlete. I actually, uh, like I said earlier about wrestling, uh, I actually got to grow up wrestling against him, so I've had the chance to talk to him a few times. Uh, he would just pull off these. 40-yard runs out of nowhere. We knew that it was mistakes that were really beating us up uh, by that point. So I think that just a little game plan switch that we had and moving a few people, we were able to really adjust to what was going on. And then we got the uh, little halftime speech where it got you guys all fired up. You're jumping around, yelling, screaming, not sure if anyone's going to go through a wall or not so and i'll say this too with half times a lot of teams take half time for granted insanely for granted 
it's a complete game planning point where you can completely switch a game. Like I know I'd check my phone after games and I'd be able to see like people posting selfies from other games and like that could be the difference in winning and losing. So I think for us always making sure that we're really still dialed in at halftime is the big difference. All right. So you guys start to come back there. Uh, you um, coming out of halftime, you come back from 12, 12 down. Um, you know, you go into the fourth quarter and you're still losing. And then, you know, with about two minutes left, you go on a great drive. You score the game-winning three-yard touchdown in the last minutes to seal the one-point victory. Um, you know, just looking at that play, uh, how did you feel about that play? And then could, did it kind of help to sweeten the season as a whole? Obviously, it was very awesome. But I'll admit, I've rewatched it a few times. Uh, I'll give my kicker credit, though. Uh with that touchdown, and it was actually only 18-18. And then Tristan Scott, who's a sophomore kicker, was able to kick the PAT through to make sure that we're not going in overtime at all. So our defense was just able to hold them out for uh, almost like a, you know, throw it around, see who can run the farthest downfield and see who can catch it last play. So I think more on the last drive or last offensive drive, I should say, because of just how we were able to really just focus on that task at hand during the game, during a football game, I really should say you're going to have plays where you lose yards, you know, take a sack, but really that last drive, there was one incompletion. And other than that, it was right down the field in a matter of seconds. So I definitely think that that last drive is what we're going to be able to see a lot for next year. And transitioning now into next year, you know, one thing that's going to help ease your transition uh, is going to be a player like Kenny Fine. And I've often said going into this year, Kenny Fine may be the best talented, the most talented returning player in the interstate. Um, And I'm definitely excited to see where he goes. But uh, Nick, I know you have uh, a question about him. Yeah, so just as Nathan said, you know, Kenny Fine was just, I mean, his name says it all. <laughs> uh, it was really a, a a pleasure to watch him live. And I'd imagine that having a player like that in your backfield could help you as a quarterback immensely. Um, so do you want to go into a little bit of detail about that? You know, how does he affect the way you play your game? Like you said, Kenny is one of those players that you're even lucky enough to see. But I definitely hit the lottery being able to play with him really so he was a great running back uh I know personally I loved whenever he lined up at wide receiver he kind of did it all but that's just his pure athletic ability to be able to do it all I know it's going to cause some major problems for other teams and although as talented as Kenny is I know whether he plays wide receiver or running back that whoever's going to step up at that spot isn't going to be a drop off from where his talent is and that that's a that's a great thing to say. I think you know if, if that's true, that should definitely give your team a lot of confidence going forward. Um, now I'm gonna go into a little more questions about you know the quarterbacks as a whole in the interstate. Um, there's a lot of guys that are moving from you know being more of a role playing quarterback. You now maybe somebody that's more complimented or complimentary to an athlete like Kenny Fine. 
um, into being a key cog in the offense. You know, you're moving into your second year um, along with guys like uh, Hunter Acid and Nathan Orndorff. So how do you see yourself taking that next step to be a team leader um, as compared to some of those other guys? You know, do you think you have what it takes to, you know, take the extra step above where they're at? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I see myself uh, more lead by uh say that will help out i'm not a hell you mean kind of you know really be able to remind the guys what's important so i think that they're gonna be able to help me a little bit whenever it comes down to transitioning into this season and then obviously uh with that experience now under my belt with that year of jitters out basically going into next season it's going to be all business now so i think you know it's we're at a unique place in the interstate where we have so many guys that are that were playing young and now we get to see all of you, you develop and i think you're you know you you definitely you know you have your work cut out for you with some serious competition but it seems like you're up to the challenge especially with some of the athletes that you guys have coming back next year one of the things that might be cause for concern for Frazier fans and yourself uh, is that you guys only have 12 contributors on offense and defense coming back next year. Or excuse me, you're returning 12 contributors on offense and defense. So that is a depth that is not prominent throughout a lot of the interstate teams. Um, you look at a team like West Green that lost Ben Jackson. You know, they lost you know, a lot of their great contributors on both sides of the ball. So since you did mention the fact that you were such a young team last year, you know, how is that depth going to affect you guys? I think that maybe being a negative, being a young team last year with being a young team comes experience though. So whenever we play teams like Washai and Shalroy, having those games now under our belt, being able to move on from that game, we'll definitely be able to really show who we are next year and show that, you know, we're going to be able to compete against those teams. So I think that 12 con contributors are going to be difference in a game, but we're going to have players step up. And looking over the schedule now, you know, you guys play – uh, one of the toughest schedules I've ever seen, especially out of conference. You got Brentwood up front, Brentwood up front, and then you got Ligonier Valley um, two weeks after that. Uh, Brentwood, you know, you guys haven't scheduled your um, week zero game yet. I'm sure you're going to have another difficult game in front of Brentwood, and that game will be opening up in week one for your home opener. Uh, but just looking at the schedule. Um, are there any teams that you're really eager to play next year? I know Ligonier Valley is a team that is a newcomer to the Whippeal. Uh, they coming over from District Six, and they're kind of you know that that team that's a big powerhouse um, in in Central Pennsylvania. Are look Are you looking forward to any of those games at all? And do you think that this very difficult schedule will act as a benefit or as a hindrance to your success next year? I'm excited to play against these teams. Uh, you know. We don't know very much about Ligonier Valley since they were out of the Whippeal, but I'm excited to play against them. I think that being able to play against the more talented teams rather than a 0-10 team is what's really going to make the difference in our team. So being able to play 
like I said last year, whenever we played Wash Eye and Shellroy in week three, looking forward to it. And going into next year, you know, the Commodores really have all the hype behind them, you know, with 12 returning starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, people are looking at other teams around the conference and they're saying, you know, there's not a team, another team like Frazier that's bringing back all of this um, depth. What do you say to people who you really expect Frazier to be right in the thick of this conference battle? Um, do you think, you know, they're correct in that. Um, and then what do you say to people who are kind of underestimating Frazier because, you know, the gap between you you guys and then Wash High and Charlotte and McGuffey that existed last year? That's the goal for us this year. Uh, you know, we are still have that bitter taste in our mouth from a seven season last year, but, you know, we're definitely all steam ahead for this year. You know, like you said, we do have a tough schedule, but playing those tough teams, that's going to be really what clarifies, you know, who we are getting us ready for the playoffs even so i mean i missed out on it last year not being able to go to playoffs but but you know it's i think for me my goal is to be able to make the playoffs be able to win out that and then unfortunately we don't get to play at heinz being only in 2a but you know being able to play at norwin i think is still going to be an opportunity the lifetime yeah, and just looking at the schedule overall, I mean, you guys open up against Brentwood, you play a away game against Bentworth, and you play home against Lingener Valley, and then you get right into the thick of your uh, conference schedule with McGuffey, Waynesburg, Charlie Houston, Beth Center, Washington, Charleroi. Uh, and one thing that'll make the difference for you guys, I believe, is having the best player on the field. Uh, Kenny Fine, for most of these matchups, is going to be the best player on the field. And so often in high school football, we see, you know, if you have the best player on the field you're most often gonna win that player just kind of takes over I'm excited to see where Kenny Fine leads it um and I think that's one thing that's kind of just overlooked as far as high school football as a whole yeah it's it's always fun to to watch high school football because you see the 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 difference that one guy can make you know and you know considering the fact you guys have yourself returning as an experienced quarterback um you know, I, I just love to hear the fact you, you spend so much time watching film, you know, you spend so much time preparing, you know, that's the sign of a, of a true football player, you know, the true heart of a football player. And I think, you know, when you combine that with your experience and, you know, your talent and the talents coming in through Kenny Fine, you know, it's going to be a very exciting season to watch. Um, and I, I do, I definitely think you guys are getting playoffs this year. I mean, hopefully I don't, you know, jinx it or anything, but I, I would not be surprised in the slightest, you know, cause you never know when, you know, you could break open a game. I think that kind of preparation that you put in the, the fact that you're able to start to see things that other people don't, um, especially with an athlete that can be fine. That's a very dangerous combination. I can attest that Nathan has been hyping up Frazier since the beginning of last year. I remember sitting in his basement episode one, Nathan talking about Frazier. So this is not a new development by yeah, I'm excited to have him rooting for us. All right. Uh, all right. So a little bit of an explanation because some of our interviewees have been a little confused about this one in the past. Um, so this is a tradition that goes all the way back to our days when we uh, did a podcast specifically about state college football, which is where Nathan and I are from. Hopefully most of our listeners know that by this point, uh, where we ask every person that we interview what their favorite 
type of meat is, uh, how they like this meat prepared, and same thing with potatoes. So what is your favorite type of meat? How do you like it cooked? And how do you like your potatoes done? My favorite type of meat? Uh, well, definitely a steak. I think everyone's going to need to go. Everyone needs to have a steak. Um, definitely like medium rare, maybe a New York strip. Then, see, I'm a very picky eater. So I know for me, I don't like potatoes, but I can always go for, for some like, you know, really good Texas Roadhouse steak fries. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely medium rare, though. Anything above that, not good. I totally agree. I know Nathan's sitting there cringing because this gets brought up every single time because, of course, everyone picks steak because steak is just great. And then Who wouldn't? it's always a discussion between Nathan and I because I definitely fall on the medium rare side of the spectrum. He falls on the medium well to well done side of the spectrum. So I appreciate the fact that I have an ally and the quarterback of the Frazier Commodores. <laughs> you are a man who knows steak as well as you know football. Burnt like a steak. Uh, if you would like to talk to us about what your favorite meat or potatoes is, or preferably something related to football, you can email me at nikhaus75, which is N-I-C-K-H-A-U-S-75, at gmail.com. You can also email Nathan. NathanGrella at gmail.com. Um, if there is another way that you would like to get in contact with us, um, you can find us on Twitter, which is at Backyard Football Podcast. Um, you can also find our Facebook page where we will be posting videos, uh, hype videos, recap videos, all kinds of stuff like that throughout the season. Um, there's some really good content that gets put out there. So make sure you check that out on the Facebook page. Uh, you can also find us on the PA Football News website, um, which is the definitive source for all of your Pennsylvania high school football needs. doesn't matter whether you're a fan of Frazier or State College, or any other team in between. Uh, PA Football News has the goods. They have reporters all over the place. Uh, they cover games extensively. They have all kinds of information. So make sure to check out PA Football News. Um, otherwise, uh, you can find us on CastBox. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast you can find the Backyard Football Podcast. Brayden, would you like to give yourself a plug? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Brayden1Boggs. Check out the Twitter, BraydenBoggs. Yeah, make sure to do it. If you're a fan of Frazier or if you're just a fan of good high school quarterbacks, check out Braden Boggs. And I would like to personally extend my deepest gratitude to Braden, And I know Nathan feels the same for coming on the show. Uh, you are definitely a great interview. Uh, we appreciate your insight. We appreciate your hard work and dedication. And we are just excited to watch football and excited to watch you play. So thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to be here and talk to both you guys. Go Frazier. This has been another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. And we will see you guys soon. You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast with Nathan Grella, Nick Househalter, and Brock Owens. The Backyard.
Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on CastBox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Still here? It's over. Go home. Go.